the mental health implications of rage rooms. happening this is isai rodriguez host of the daspination podcast where i cater to the professional working man 40 and above who's looking to make positive changes to his health lose weight and become stronger overall through simple lifestyle changes i'm here to share inspiration tips and proven lessons that i personally learned and lived through in my 40 plus years on this here beautiful blue planet so today we'll start the discussion off by answering the question is your body begging you for water and then we'll move on to our second segment and talk about the mental health implications of rage rooms. And listen, your health and fitness goals are easier to achieve than you might think. First and foremost, it's all about getting your mind straight right from the get-go. And so I've got a freebie for you called the 10 Daspination Mind Hacks that'll help you whip your mind into shape so that you can turn around and whip your body into shape. If that sounds good to you, then get on over to podcast.daspination.com slash right now to get your freebie to and start using these 10 hacks to exercise consistently and create the real and lasting results that you're truly after and that you absolutely deserve. That's podcast.daspination.com slash mindhacks. Again, that's podcast.daspination.com slash mindhacks. in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now. And leave me a nice, fat, juicy five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. Really helps to get the word out, and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. Now, let's move into our first segment with Healthy Conversations. Oh yeah, oh yeah. How are you? How is everyone out there? Uh, I hope you guys are um, feeling great. I hope you guys are upbeat in light of the events that took place this um, <laughs> this past week. Uh, truly, truly sad, sad, sad. What took place this week in uh, Uvalde, Texas? My heart really <laughs> is is broken has is, is shattered by what took place and um and it I, my like my heart goes out to everyone affected by the Uvalde massacre and like I don't personally know anyone out there um but I know that I have a lot of friends in the Texas area and I'm sure that a lot of them do have family and probably have been affected by that massacre so my heart goes out to you I hope you guys are doing well, and I hope you're able to pick up the pieces and move on and continue enjoying life. So that being said, we are talking about your body. Is your body begging you for more water? So I thought we'd start this segment off with a little fun fact, and here it is. Uh, Did you know that the human body is made up of nearly 60% water? (laughs) It's true. Our mortal human body depends on water for so many vital bodily functions. We're talking life or death when it comes to water. So, you know, everything from breathing to digestion to lubricating your joints, like it all depends on your body having the right amount of water in it. And that's not all. Like things like communicating, pooping, (laughs) Uh, maintaining 
homeostasis within your body. Ooh, big word there, I know. And even, uh, you know, the proper functioning of your brain, like it all depends on water. This is essentially, if you think about it, it's essentially every single bodily function. They all need water to work properly. Now, when your body doesn't get enough water or if it's losing more water than it's taking in, you know, then this is when you start to dehydrate. And this is not a good thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm pretty sure that you're well aware of that, right? There's no surprise there. In fact, doctors say that the results of dehydration can cause uh, both immediate and longer term complications. And what some people don't realize is that whether you uh, notice it or not, like whether you realize it or not, uh, you're losing water all day and all night long. Like literally, you lose water when you sweat. You lose water when you cry. You're losing water when you pee, you know, like and, every, and even a little uh, with every breath you take. And it's because of this continual loss of, uh, hydration <laughs> that doctors recommend that you should be sipping on water consistently throughout the day because by doing so you'll maintain your hydration levels throughout your day and you'll also prevent early dehydration symptoms believe it or not your body actually does a really good job of warning you that you know you're not drinking enough water like if you pay attention you'll catch your body telling you that you're putting yourself at risk <laughs> of mild dehydration. So, for example, when, when your body starts to dehydrate, this dehydration in your body lowers blood flow and oxygen to your brain. When this happens, the dehydration in your brain, when this happens, it causes inflammation. And so this inflammation ends up causing you to have headaches and brain fog or confusion, you know what I mean? It also brings up symptoms like, uh, you know, fatigue and mood swings, lightheadedness or dizziness. So think back at all those times you've felt these symptoms and ask yourself, like literally think and, and, and ask yourself, like pose that question to yourself. <laughs> you know, like, was I drinking enough water at that time? Because you might be surprised to realize that, uh, nope, <laughs> you weren't. <laughs> Not only that, but since water plays uh, an important role in lubricating your joints and, uh, you know, your muscles, well, then a lack of water can also cause you to have joint pains and stiffness or, you know, cramping in your muscles and ligaments. And some of the more obvious signs of dehydration are, uh, dry mouth and dry skin, uh, increased thirst, obviously, <laughs> and darker, more concentrated urine and, uh, you know, less of it. So there you go. I mean, the key takeaway with all this is simple. Keeping all of these symptoms in mind is super important for recognizing when you're not drinking enough water. You literally have to keep, you, like, if you pay attention, if you're watching and noticing what your body is doing and what it's telling you, you can catch your, you can catch it, you know, giving you these warning signs. So for instance, if you start feeling a muscle cramp or headache coming on, you know, when you're in the middle of, let's say a run or a workout or a beach day, you know, then what you shouldn't do is pop an Advil and keep going. 
that's not good in any way. What you want to do <laughs> is first pause for a second, take a time out and consider whether or not you drank enough fluids in the past few hours. And if the answer is no, then, uh, you know, give your body the hydration it's asking for. And now you might think you might, you might be asking yourself like how much water is the ideal amount per day? Like how much should you be drinking per day? What, what is that magic number? Well, to be honest, I mean, to answer that question, you should first be aware of the subtle cues your body gives you to let you know that you might need some water because this is important, you know? <laughs> Listening to your body and drinking when you feel thirsty is super important. That's the first thing you need to remember. Now, aside from that, the U.S. Uh, National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine has determined this committee, this this uh, agency uh, has determined that an adequate daily fluid intake for a healthy adult living in a temperate climate is about 11 and a half cups a day for women and 15 and a half cups for men. Now, obviously, <laughs> this all depends on a few things like how much you exercise, the um, environment in which you live, and other health conditions you may have, like you personally. So your specific situation uh, may differ from these recommended daily amounts of water to be taken in. Now, that's just one recommendation, but what I've found to be best for me is, a, is actually a recommendation that I got from my wife, a personal trainer and fitness director by trade. So what she recommended to me is drinking half my body weight in ounces of water. Now, I looked into this because I'm a firm believer of, you know, trust but verify. And uh, not sure if you've ever heard that saying before. It, it basically means, you know, you, you, you have to trust in what people tell you. However, you know, don't be foolish and just take what they say as written in stone, like the gospel, like go and do your research and verify, you know, that what they're saying is in fact correct. Now, that being said, uh, trust but verify. So like I said, I trusted what my wife recommended, uh, you know, the drink half your body weight in ounces of water. But I went off to verify this and <laughs> what I found is that it's true. So there you go. There are many others that do recommend this approach, especially if you're working out often, as in like, you know, several times per week. So for example, me, myself, I weigh about 220 pounds at the moment, <laughs> give or take a few pounds. And so half of 220 is 110, right? So follow me. So for me, uh, since I'm working out almost every day, I should be drinking at least or about, you know, 110 ounces of water per day. Now, here in the mid to northern portion of California, uh, it's pretty hot and dry, you know, so it's it's not as hot as SoCal, but, you know, it's hot enough. So because of that and because I'm working out almost every day, uh, you know, I'm, I'm drinking a gallon of water per day, which is uh, 128 fluid ounces. So I I should like my recommended intake is 110 ounces, but I've upped it to 128 ounces simply because it's hot, you know, here where I live and the fact that I am, uh, you know, I'm working out every day almost. <laughs> so that's, that's right around the 110 mark that I should be drinking with, you know, a little overage since 
I'm working out pretty hard almost every day. So this is actually my suggestion for you also. Uh, I'm sure, you know, you're working out just as hard. And if so, then just calculate, you know, half your body weight in ounces per day. So for example, if you're 200 pounds, let's say, I'm just saying, just putting it out there. It's a nice round number. <laughs> if you're 200 pounds, then you're looking at 100 ounces of water per day uh, and so on and so forth, you know. I just chose 200 again because it's a nice round number and easily calculated in your head for the purpose of this exercise. <laughs> so as you can see, or more simply, uh, I should say, you, you should drink water often and always when you're thirsty. And remember that drinking water is not the only way to stay adequately hydrated. It's not the only way that you can hydrate yourself you know you can turn to fruits and vegetables that have high water content it's actually a, a pretty good way of getting hydrated because you're, you're taking it in and your body has to process it so you know you really you maximize all that water intake these are these are great like these fruits uh, and vegetables that are high in water content they're a great way to keep your systems in tip-top shape as well, you know? And so different produce like uh, broccoli and carrots, cucumbers, uh, watermelon, obviously. We all know about watermelons and um, uh, grapes are another one. Like they're all high in water. They're all high in H2O, you know? So stocking up on these items at the grocery store and more importantly, consuming these items will go a long way to keeping your body hydrated and in top athletic form, you know? And then, of course, wash it down with some water and you'll be well on your way to reducing or even eliminating those nasty side effects that we were mentioning earlier, the uh, inflammation and headaches and brain fog and all that stuff, gone, you know? But you have to take the initiative, keep it in mind, and make the effort to stay hydrated because your body needs it. Remember, the human body is made up of almost 60% water. Stay hydrated, especially in these warmer summer months. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere of these beautiful blue marble, we're heading into the warmer summer months. So it's even more important <laughs> to stay hydrated. It's super, super, uber important. And so, the more you know, the better you'll be. And now, with all that said and done, let's switch gears and move on to our second segment with Mighty Man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that segment, talking about water, has gotten me thirsty. I don't know about you, but I was I was barely able to get through that segment. Like, I, I, every other word, I felt like my mouth was drying up. <laughs> But anyway, we're talking about the mental health implications of rage rooms on this week's installment of Mighty Man. So, have you ever felt like, I'm gonna add, just gonna throw it out there and ask this question because we're gonna get right to this. You know, have you ever felt like smashing something or, you know, gotten so angry that you wanted to punch a wall. Like, have you been there? Drop it in the comments, let me know. Because I, I've been there before, and as far as I can remember, I only lost my cool once, you know, where I actually swung at an inanimate object. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I look back at it now, and, and, I, and I think, 
you know, how stupid I was to lose my shit the way I did and actually punch something. But, you know, you live and you learn, right? And if you're like me and have lost it in the past, then let me tell you, you know, there's a new or relatively new therapy you may want to consider or look into, and it's called rage therapy. Now, maybe it's not all that new, like I said, but it definitely might be new to you, you know, and if you're not aware of it. So personally, I've always been a little short-tempered as a child, and uh, growing into uh, a young adult, like I've, again, I've always kind of been short-tempered, but, um, you know, as a kid, it was cute, <laughs> maybe even funny, I suppose, but as I grew older and started venturing off into the real world, you know, you get that job after high school and you <laughs> you enter the real world, you know, I quickly realized that, you know, uh, controlling my outbursts would be a critical component, uh, you know, towards becoming a mature, uh, a mature adult, you know. <laughs> As I grew into a young adult, you know, I invested a lot of time, obviously, into uh, my personal growth. So, you know, I started reading personal development books and things of that nature. I wanted to develop strategies that helped me to control and even prevent my temper from ever getting the better of me, you know. So, and let me tell you, it wasn't easy. It was not easy. But, you know, that being said, <laughs> I was intrigued when I started hearing about the concept of rage therapy, <laughs> you know? So everything I learned up to that point told me, you know, that I had to keep my anger and my rage contained. I had to bottle it up, essentially, you know? Like, I had to keep it under control. But this new movement was pretty much the opposite, you know? So they were actually encouraging you to let it all out in a controlled way, of course. But, you know, now uh, this is kind of funny because like I said, up until then, the general assumption was that rage and anger <laughs> were unwanted emotions that needed to be managed and minimized. But, you know, these days uh, there are social and evolutionary psychologists and also like mental health professionals that all say that anger has beneficial qualities. Isn't that something? Like, think about that. They're saying that it can help us make sense of the world around us. In fact, there's a, there's a theory that suggests that rage and anger served us from an evolutionary perspective. They're saying that it's basically baked into our DNA from way back in the days when saber-toothed tigers roamed the earth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like way back then. And there's also some research findings that say that these emotions can have uh, positive benefits for self-improvement, which kind of makes sense if you think about how we learn things by doing something. You know, like you, you do something, you screw it up, <laughs> you know, you get mad that you screwed it up. And then, you know, we self-adjust to correct that screw-up. This self-adjusting essentially helps us achieve goals. So basically, when we experience and embrace anger on a mild to moderate scale, this anger can be harnessed and used to help us move forward in a positive way. So if it's uh, such a good thing, then why aren't more people using it to their advantage? Well... 
First off, uh, what exactly is rage therapy? Let's let's just get that out of the way, you know, because there's no actual psychological definition for rage therapy. It's certainly not clear cut and straightforward. You know, that's for sure. But what is clear is that there are different ways, different strategies popping up that are, are all focused on releasing our rage. And this is good news because there are many mental health conditions that stem from unexpressed emotions. And if we don't give space to these emotions, then we run the risk of developing other deeper rooted psychological problems. So, you know, rage and anger are no different in this regard. If we can release those emotions in a safe way, like that's the key, in safe ways. If we can release that safely and in a controlled manner, then we can potentially provide some relief from them in the same way as scratching an itch. So the same way that you <laughs> start to feel itchy and you scratch that itch, you know, if we learn to release those emotions in a safe way, we can essentially address that itch in the right way. <laughs> you know, and let's face it, the impact of the pandemic and other political events over the past two years, and just like I mentioned earlier, things like the massacre that just happened this week alone, these events have given people plenty of reasons to feel angry, am I right? Am I right? <laughs> you know, let me know down in the comments if you feel overwhelmed with anger and rage every now and then or like just this week. You need to be heard and you will be heard here on the Daspination Podcast. That's what we're here for. Let's talk it out. But yeah, you know, releasing those emotions and of, of anger in a safe and controlled way just might be the reason why there's a rise in alternative rage therapy practices and um, believe it or not uh, there there's a lot of options out there to choose from you know everything from rage room experiences to online screen clubs where you can literally like you literally go online you sign in and <laughs> you have a microphone you scream into the microphone and there are a lot of uh, let me there's a lot of options out there you know so let's talk about these two options in particular the rage rooms and scream clubs and let's talk about their potential benefits and drawbacks and and then we'll go into uh you know some proactive ways of handling your rage and anger if a rage room is not for you so let's do it um let's start off with the rage rooms you know so these rooms <laughs> for lack of better terms uh they're what they are they're basically purpose-built rooms where people can vent their anger by destroying objects i don't know if you heard about it but you literally go into a facility or a warehouse or other some other four-walled room where you're allowed to go in and just break shit <laughs> these are also known as smash rooms or anger rooms and it's exactly what it sounds like again a room where you go in and it's set up for you to release your anger by smashing things on the wall on the floor or you know with a bat or a hammer or whatever it is that they uh set up for you they usually have like a fake living setup like a living room with replicas or, or uh, furnishings so like so you'll have a television and a, and a desk with chairs and things like that. Or they may have a bunch of random stuff, like just 
random objects, you know, like a box or a, a crate or I don't know, whatever, you know, a table or a coffee table, things like that. So some rage rooms are low, are actually located at junkyards where, you know, obviously at a junkyard, there's plenty of stuff to break and smash, you know. Now, those are that's the rage rooms. Now, now the scream clubs, here's a little different, uh, obviously, because they're online. You can't <laughs> break things online, if you will, you know. They're, they're, these are like the online equivalent of, of, of a rage room, basically. You know, these are websites where you can, again, scream with others across the internet. So you have, again, you log into a website and, you know, you have your mic. It's all set up. You, you literally just scream into your microphone. You, you'll hear the, uh, you know, other, the screaming of other members too. Like you're not just there by yourself, you know, like you hear other people, uh, other members of that online community uh, venting their frustrations, you know, and, and they can hear yours, you know. It's as simple as using the microphone of your phone or your laptop and just letting it all out. <laughs> it's a pretty simple concept. So if you're feeling some pent up anger and frustration, uh, you know, you might want to give it a try, you know, but personally, I haven't tried either one yet. But you know, the, the thought of finding one has definitely crossed my mind in the past. I mean, I'd have to imagine that there's a certain level of comfort that would come from fully releasing your anger in either a rage or a screen clubs, you know, but the reality is that there isn't much research data behind this yet. But even though there isn't, you know, rage rooms and scream clubs may have, you know, several benefits if you think about it. And, and that's what I like to do here. I like to get you thinking. So first, imagine the uh, sense of empowerment you would feel after using one of these therapy methods. I mean, like, you know, again, anger can come with a sense of helplessness and a, and a lack of control over a situation. So naturally, <laughs> finding a way to channel your anger, even if it's just for a brief moment, you know, this can help you feel like you're reclaiming your emotions and could, you know, possibly help you feel more empowered and, and ready to tackle your current situation with a new hunger for success. You know, another benefit of rage therapy is having a safe space to explore emotions, you know? You have to remember that it's, these therapies are, they're done in, in controlled environments. So you have the opportunity to explore your emotions in a safe and contained way. <laughs> you know, like there are boundaries in place that help you manage your venting proactively and safely. And then there's the non-judgmental freedom to just let it all out. You know, think about it. Anger and rage aren't socially acceptable emotions. You know, like when when was the last time that you heard somebody screaming and yelling at the you know at the top of their lungs in the middle of the street, and you just walked by and been like, you know, hey, good day, sir or madam. <laughs> you know, you look at them, you're like, what the hell's wrong with them? You know, I know that. You know that. We all know that. So expressing those or, or having the ability to express those emotions and just let it all out, that might feel uh, counterintuitive to everything we're taught. I understand that. But rage therapy gives you a safe way to focus on these emotions without judgment. 
<laughs> you know, without people looking at you weird and uh, or condemning you to hell, you know? It's a safe way to get it all out and off of your chest. That's got to feel liberating, you know, that freedom of just being able to express yourself, to, to just let it all out again, you know? And how about the motivation for positive change? This is another great little benefit that, you know, it just cannot be ignored, you know? If change is needed in our lives, anger can help motivate us to do something about it. We mentioned this earlier. Anger and rage can be triggered when our needs are blocked or not met, <laughs> you know, or when we face challenges in life. These emotions help us from an evolutionary survival standpoint, and they can motivate us to take action now in the present day. We just need to, you know, make sure it's an action we want to take, you know, rather than one that's fueled by reactiveness. And so getting your anger out in the open and being able to express them out in the open, you know, can, like that can go a long way in motivating you to get shit done right now and make the changes in your life that you need to live a better life. Like, think about it. When when was the last, like, we are not engineered to do stuff when we're comfortable. That's why when you're comfortable, you become lazy because it's a lot easier to do nothing, to be comfortable, to make yourself comfortable than to not make yourself comfortable. <laughs> you know, like going to the gym does not make me comfortable, but that's what I need to do to live a better life longer and stronger life, right? I mean, if you, if you think otherwise, let me know. Drop it in the comments. <laughs> I want to hear your voice. And that All that aside, you can even use these anger therapies as a way to improve existing relationships. Think about this, like in rage rooms and smash clubs, like it could, th this could be a good bonding exercise for anyone experiencing the same stressors as you are. Could be your wife, you know, could be a brother, a sister, a colleague, co-worker, shit, fucking your gym buddy. It doesn't matter. Breaking things together, <laughs> it's that coming together and having that uh, commonality, if you will. You know what I mean? So if you're, if you're in a room or online and you're shouting together or again in the room and you're breaking things together, like this could be a fun way to blow off some steam and a great way to start a conversation about what's getting you so worked up in your life, you know? Now, here's the catch-22 with all of these alternative therapies. Like you have to remember that uh, these approaches to releasing your frustration and simply getting it out of your system are simply uh, coping mechanisms and like they won't actually treat the underlying causes of your stress. So <laughs> venting your frustrations can be helpful for sure. You know, I mean, that's the whole premises of, of uh, psychotherapy. Am I right? You know, you talk out your life problems with a psychotherapist or a psychologist or psychiatrist, but 
Rage and anger are often violent and uncontrollable human reactions by nature. And whether these uh, therapeutic approaches help or fan the flames, if you will, well, that all depends on how helpful the behavior is and, uh, you know, whether it's helping you address and understand the reasons why you're so angry and upset. Again, these therapy approaches are only a way to release the pressure. They're not to be looked at as preventive measures like by any stretch of the imagination seriously i mean you can smash and scream all you like all day long all you want it doesn't matter but it won't necessarily address or take care of that underlying issues or those things that are causing you to feel the way that you're feeling you know in fact it's actually thought that some of these radical practices for managing anger and rage uh they they say that it can actually end up creating like a feeding loop, if you will, like one feeding off the other, as in uh, the mere action of releasing the frustration by breaking stuff and uh, being destructive can actually backfire and, and that it can end up causing you to develop even more negative thoughts, you know? So instead of simply looking to express or expel <laughs> that negative emotion and other frustrations, it's more important to search for anger therapy strategies that allow you to bring your negative into balance with the positive. Because here's the thing, part of the work that you'd need to do with managing anger is that whole balancing act. You're balancing your negative thoughts with positive thoughts. By nature, we're all wired for negativity. We're all wired to think negative and repetitive thoughts. So we need to actively focus, actively focus. <laughs> I, I repeat it. I'll repeat it again. We need to actively focus on finding balance between negative and positive. Uh, I'm not talking about being artificially positive. Like we're not talking about being fake happy, <laughs> you know, like you save that for your customer service face at work. You know what I mean? That's not what we're talking about here. What we're referring to here is you acknowledging and accepting your emotions in balance with your experiences. Now, you have to accept and understand why it is that you're mad, you know, and find more creative ways to handle or deal with these, with your emotions. And, you know, with that being said, let's quickly talk about some better alternatives to dealing with anger, frustration, and negative thoughts in general. Because, you know, hey, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> rage rooms and screen clubs, well, they're only gonna get you so far before you realize, you know, you're not exactly helping the situation much. Again, what we're looking for is ultimately is acceptance of your feelings. So to do this, uh, to, to find acceptance of your feelings, you'll need to build a toolbox or put together a superhero tool belt <laughs> of resources that work for you. Now, uh, a few things that, that are recommended that I've tried in the past and actually suggested uh, in the past, you know, are things like uh, meditation, practicing gratitude, write it down, journaling, uh, or something like arts and crafts or some other soothing hobbies that you can, you know, that, that, that there's so many out there, but you need to choose one that works for you. You know, these are ways of channeling those negative thoughts and energies that, that we're all wired to think of simply because we're human. 
Again, it's baked into our DNA. <laughs> you know, we're that that's just the way we're wired. So finding these ways of channeling that energy will help you, will, will go a long way to getting past that anger point in your life and bringing your life and your emotions into balance. And, uh, you know, hey, it's normal to feel frustrated. It's normal to get angry. That's in our nature as humans. But what separates us from other primates on the face of this earth <laughs> is how we deal with these feelings. Just because we're animals by nature don't mean we got to handle our frustrations like animals. You feel me? <laughs> we're better than that. You're better than that. You're smarter than that. And as humans, we evolve to understand our emotions and, and the ways that they impact us. We, we have sophisticated resources, <laughs> you know, available to us to get, uh, to get to the root of our emotions and to bring them into better balance. And the great news is that, you know, uh, we do have the ability and the capacity to change our thoughts. It'll be hard for some, but ultimately it can happen. And here's the bottom line. Again, rage therapy and screen clubs can be a great way to release that tension that's built up from anger that comes, you know, from your daily life. There's no doubt about that. Like that instant relief, it's like, again, it's like scratching that itch. But are you actually treating the root cause of that itch, right? That's what we're talking about here. They might also be a good place to make connections and vent about life. We talked about that, you know. But at the same time, it won't help with the underlying cause of that anger in the first place. Like, it's ultimately not going to help with that. Yet, it's important to have management strategies in your toolbox to help you work through your emotions in addition to releasing them. We want to bring that all into balance, remember? Again, releasing the frustration when you're at the point of explosion is great, but the real secret is learning how to deal with those emotions at a higher, maybe even a spiritual level, you know? Find more creative outlets rather than simply breaking shit all the time. You know, you can do it. I believe in you. You and your family deserve to live a stress-free life. And there are so many creative ways to deal with your anxiety, with your anger, and other feelings that stir up in your life every single day. And actually, I've personally found that cardio or HIIT workouts work really, really well for this. Like really intense cardio, really intense HIIT uh, workouts, especially any type of workout that involves like kicking and punching and jumping, throwing knees, elbows, etc. <laughs> you know, anything like that works really, really well. So find a workout grab an energy drink, and start kicking and punching your way to a life that has just a little less stress with each punch and kick that you throw. And hey, <laughs> you may even see some of those fancy weight loss benefits too. Who knows, right? <laughs> your scale and your brain may actually thank you. <laughs> and so, with all that said and done, that's it, you guys. That's my show for today. I hope you found some valuable information here. And if nothing else, I hope I've entertained you for a few minutes and was able to bring you a little manly sunshine to your day. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen to me. It's very much appreciated. On next week's episode, we'll be talking about the 60-second brain-boosting exercise for concentration. So, fellas, if you've been walking around with brain fog, the next week's episode is for you. And look, your health and fitness goals are easier to achieve 
than you might think. First and foremost, it's all about getting your mind straight right from the get-go. And so I have a freebie for you called 10 Destination Mind Hacks that'll help you whip your mind into shape so that you can turn around and whip your body into shape. Does that sound good to you? Then head on over to podcast.gasfination.com slash to get your freebie today and start using these 10 hacks to exercise consistently and create the real lasting results that you're truly after and that you absolutely deserve. That's podcast.gasfination.com slash mindhacks. Again, that's podcast.gasfination.com slash mindhacks. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on other podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now and leave me a nice, fat, juicy five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps me get the word out and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. Until our next chat, take care now. Bye. <laughs>